So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody, I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. Just so you know. Is that perfect or up or no? Turn your microphone up. I'm turning my microphone up. Oh, oh, yes I am. Yeah, I am. Even more. Even more, it's full blast. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. It's full blast now. That's way too loud in my head. I can turn your headphones down. No. Yeah. Yes, we are Bible News Radio people. Hope you have a good day. Hope you've had it. Hope you've had a good day. <laughs> hey, I've had a good day. I uh, played pickleball. I uh, beat some people. And the the good news is today I get to do this again. So I'm gonna go ahead and correct the spelling here. Anti-abortionist T-S-T, claim healthcare causes mental illness. Is that really what they claim? Oh, is that seriously what they claim? That abortion that's increases. That's the way they would. Abortion increases mental problems and mortality rates. Indeed. That's what anti-abortionists believe. Yes. But if it were a a non-conservative news source reporting the story, <laughs> you know, the uh, pro-abortionists don't see abortion as anything other than women's health care, so it's not even terminating pregnancy, so. <laughs> You're probably you wondering, why are we using the liberal terminology? It's called clickbait, people. Let's just be honest. Okay, look. Do you know that yesterday, Facebook... Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna rant just right here. Okay, you guys can share this out. Yesterday over on Facebook, I have 3,570 followers on Facebook. Okay? I got like almost 3,600 followers. Okay? All people who've seen Bible News Radio and have liked it. Here on Periscope, we have close to 6,000 followers. Okay? But you see the numbers that come in. They're like this. Why are they like this, people? Hmm? I'll tell you why. Because the liberal media platforms that own this stuff, they actually are like intentionally, you know, flagging our shows. I know it wasn't perfect, but whatever. Okay. So here's the thing. My friend Jennifer, okay. I love Jennifer. She's one of my best friends. Dr. Jennifer Fee on Periscope, right? Jennifer, she gets on Periscope and she talks about mental health issues like anxiety, depression, that those type of things. She doesn't even come on every day. We're on Periscope every day, even weekends, People. okay? Jennifer just got done sending me a message that she was actually highlighted again, Featured Now, that makes probably eight times that Jennifer has been highlighted. Okay, now I'm happy for her, but I have to tell you something. Okay, and so, so now she's at gold star status again. All right? Now, tell me something, you guys. I'm on here every day giving the news from a Christian worldview, and... We're still at a bronze level star, even though last year on Periscope, we actually were getting over a thousand people coming into our show. All right. Now, don't tell me that Periscope doesn't like hide our show either because they do. I'm pretty sure of it because they're owned by Twitter and Twitter is a shadow banner of conservative media. Now, yesterday, uh, no, it's not about envy, Mark. I'm actually very happy for my friend. I don't, you know, I, I actually am very happy for Jennifer. She's an awesome lady. And um, and what she shares is, is awesome. And I'm a therapist by training, so I'm really happy she's getting the visibility. But what I'm saying is I'm making a point 
that here I am on here every day, every day, and we cover some very important hot topics and we are not getting the numbers for some reason. And I'm convinced that's because we're being spiked. Yesterday on Facebook, I've actually been looking at the, um, uh, the numbers. About 100 people on average of my 3,600 people that almost of that follow my show actually see my show. And of that 100, a couple days ago, 36% of the people that saw that tuned into our show. Yesterday, 2% of the people that actually saw this, saw my show on Facebook, tuned in. I had 17 views yesterday on Facebook, which is completely insane. And you know what I talked about the day before? Alex Jones. That's what I talked about the day before. So I'm just, you know, look, I'm not like, oh my gosh, everybody's out to get Bible News Radio, you know, blah, blah. No, but what I am is like going, okay, this just doesn't add up. First of all, Periscope's numbers plummeted for most of my friends, okay? So I know it wasn't just me. And most of my friends are conservatives and Christians on Periscope, right? Still, even even with the plummeting numbers, I have to tell you that we still get, to me, a pretty good, decent-sized live audience. You guys come in pretty faithfully. And I actually appreciate you sharing it out. On Twitter, I have almost 12,000 followers on my Twitter account. When you tweet something out on Twitter, you can actually go click the thing there to see how many people see it. You know how many people actually see my content? And my content isn't inflammatory, right? I tweet out the title of our show or a news article or something. Maybe 30 people. So explain to me how I can have like almost 12,000 followers on Twitter, but 30 people see it when I tweet it out? That's completely insane, you know? But meanwhile, you get the flaming liberals on the left and they're tweeting out stuff, they're on Periscope, they're on Facebook, they got gazillions of views. In fact, we know for a fact that Facebook has actually, like, spiked the conservative and Christian news. I, I have never seen, and this is the absolute truth, in my nine years or whatever it is that I have been on Facebook, I have never seen any of my gay or very liberal friends banned from anything that they put on Facebook. I have at least five or six of my conservative friends, though, that have been banned numerous times for just posting a message like, you can change your, your same-sex attracted feelings, you know? And, and Facebook, actually, they actually admit it, right? They actually admit it. <laughs> Do you like putting your foot on my foot? You talking to me? Oh, it's not you. It's, Gro- it's Grover. Oh, Grover's laying on my feet. Oh, Aww. it's sweet now. <laughs> I thought Randall was was touching my foot in order to, so it, I'd stop. If it was my foot, it'd be <laughs> intrusive and annoying. But since it's a dog, it's so sweet and it's so cute. Really, it is cute. Hey, oh. you like putting your foot on my foot? Yeah. All right. I had uh, to hear it again, right? <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> no, but you know what really gets me. What really gets me is, well, okay, many years ago, I'll tell you the story. Okay, once upon a time, okay, I'm going to put on air, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share it to my Facebook friends, you know, who might want to actually see us online. <laughs> many years ago, I was having some pain in my right knee, and um, at the time in my life, uh, when I was having this pain in my right knee, um, I was riding my bike 10 miles a day and I was doing all this other stuff and, and I've always been super athletic as you can tell from my physique, right? And how great I am on the pickleball court and all that, right? So just go with me, just go, just, you know, enter the fantasy. Okay. Anyway, so I went to the doctor and this particular doctor that I saw actually said to me, no. Yeah, there's really no reason for you to have pain in your knee. And I said, but there is pain in my knee. And he's like, nope. He looked at my chart. He's like, uh-huh, I see you're on anti-anxiety medication, depression medicine. Mm-hmm. Yep, nope, it's all in your head. Literally, that's what the doctor told me. It was all in my head. 
So I went, I got another opinion. I went to a different doctor. So I went to another doctor. I had them look at my knee because I knew it wasn't all in my head because my knee hurt. And to make a long story short, I went ahead. What? And I talked to the, <laughs> I talked to the doctor. And he's like, well, you know, I see you're on this medicine. But I'll run a test anyway, just for fun. And I said to this doctor, you know, yeah, so I'm on anti-anxiety medication and depression medicine. Uh, but I don't think that that really impacts my knee. So, yes, please, please run a test on my knee because I would really like to, I, you know, I have pain in my knee. Anyway, so long story short, as you know, I can drag it out like the foot foot joke. Uh, the guy ran the test, right? He did an MRI on my knee. Came back a little while later, you know, like a week or whatever it was, and revealed the results of my knee. And it showed actually that there was a buildup of water on my knee. Which, as you know, if you've ever had water on your knee, it can hurt. And so how do they take care of that? Well, they either recommend physical therapy or they drain it out with a needle, right? So I told that doctor I was going to go back to my other doctor and let him know that I had been medically verified that the pain in my knee was not all in my head. So what's the point of this? The point of this is this is not in my head. This is not all in my head. We are not conspiracy theorists. We are actually realists telling you the truth that Christian media conservatives are actually being silenced and we're being squished down on these platforms, right? And so you guys, you know, when you share the show out, I really appreciate it because you're three people who they will let see it will actually see it. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, somebody else, some vegan, atheist, witchcraft, lesbian who's, you know, works for PETA could go ahead and, and you know, do some stupid seance and palm reading and 5,000 people will see it. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> We're, we're not, like, making this up. Uh, anyway, so. And you know what? Honestly, though, I don't really care. I mean, I care. I do care. Because it's super irritating to me that that it's just not fair, right? But at the same time, the opportunity is, and there is an opportunity if you think about it. In a sense, Bible News Radio is kind of like an underground railroad type type ministry, right? Where only the people God has truly called to know that we're on here show up. Kind of like in in the underground church in China where people are like, hey, are you a Christian? Well, I don't know. Tell you what, you could come to our church if you pray about it and God tells you where our meeting is going to be. And this is how they do it, right? And so what do, what do they do? Well, that believer prays. And then all of a sudden God says, guess what? The underground church is meeting over there in that paint building, that farm over there, <laughs> underneath the thing at two o'clock in the morning, just so you know. And that, that Christian's like, all right, I'll check it out. And they go, and sure enough, there's 500 people worshiping in that spot, right? Because God told them, that's kind of what we are in a sense. And I'm not really trying to be funny, but that's kind of the upside, right? The remnant is alive and well. Now, the trick is, how do we get the remnant to get more people to come, right? How do, how do we do that? Because you know everybody flocks to, to, how do I say this? I am almost 50. I should be more judicious. Well, I was just going to say, you know that, mo that a lot of people flock to, uh, I want to say stupidity, but that's not really the word. But it kind of does epitomize what I want to say. You know, they they flock to, you know, stupid things that really don't have any eternal significance, right? And so as we've been talking about this week, uh, you know, one of the things that I told you I was going to do is, and I'm going to do this probably starting next week, we're going to look at this book after the ball. And I'm going to start showing you guys what's in this book because I keep telling you about it and how they market evil to you, right? And there's so many people that are so sucked into the liberal 
uh, mindset and the brainwashing of the world system that they don't understand what happened to them. They're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. We got to smack these people, get them into reality, right? So anyway, so Nehemiah, though, he got it, right? Nehemiah, uh, as we've been talking about in Nehemiah chapter 4, we already read this this week, but I want to remind you again, Nehemiah 4 talks about how their work to uh, to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem was ridiculed by Sanballat and by <clears throat> that other guy, Tobiah. That's what his name is. And, uh, you know, and they, they ridiculed God's work, you know, and, and let's just face it. The world likes to ridicule Christians. Why? Because it's easy, right? You know, and yet I have to go back here. to to verse 14 of Nehemiah chapter 4, which says, When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Right? In the context, this is so important. Because, again, we're talking about a leader, you know, who God called, who actually was very devout to go and do a job that the enemies of God did not want to have done. Did they? No. In fact, in verse 15, it says, When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. Who frustrated the plan? God did. And we got we to gotta know that. Hey, you know what? I, anytime God wants to bring down Google or Facebook or Periscope <laughs> or YouTube or me, he can do it. God can do whatever he wants. But God always defends his people too. <clears throat> From that day on, half of my servants carried on the work while half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates. And the captains were behind the whole house of Judah, those who were who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other holding a weapon. What is our weapon? You know, the Bible says that our weapons are are not our, you know, our spiritual weapons, right? Our, Our weapons are prayer. And, you know, this is a call to pray, right, people? Seriously, you know, I shared the story with about how I shared, you know, I talked to my dad, uh, I guess it was about a week ago. And I was talking to my dad who's 90 and in and out of a dementia loop where he lives in the 20s and 30s sometimes. And I was saying, Dad, how do you, how do I do, you know, this with my company or whatever? And he said, pray. And they looked at me and he said, and I mean, really pray. Don't just say you pray, actually really do it. I believe it was John who was the, the one closest to Jesus, who had the nickname uh, Camel Knees, or was it James? James. It, it was James. It was James, the brother who actually didn't believe Jesus was who he was at first. He was an unbeliever initially. But he became such a man of prayer that they called him Camel's Knees because he prayed so much. And there has to come a point when we as believers get into our closet, so to speak, Right? And we have to really, truly humble ourselves and say, Father, I'm yours. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. I'm your servant. You are my master. You are my king. I'm here to serve you and go out and be a light and salt in the world where people are dying and they're blinded because they do not have the light because they're walking in darkness. And if you've ever walked around your house at night in the dark, you know, or a blackout has ever taken place, what do you do? You're, you're like this, you know, you're trying to figure out where stuff is. You're hoping to find a light, if you're lucky, or a candle. Well, we are that light, right? And we're only going to get brighter in this culture that's so dark, right? That's the truth, but only if we're people of prayer and people who really know the word. So we have to gird up our loins for action, Right? The Bible says to take up our full armor, to pick up the whole armor of God. Why? So that we can extinguish the flaming arrows, and as Janet Parshall always says, of outrageous criticism. Because it is. 
right? This is exactly what Nehemiah was doing. He was saying, okay, well, you know, so you can go ahead, Sam Ballot and Tobiah. You can mock us all you want, but guess what? I'm equipping my people to go ahead and to actually, you know, pick up their weapon and their tool so that they can keep working on the wall and protect us while we're doing it, right? So I, you know, I just want to, again, encourage you to do this because, because you are that person, right? You are that person. It said here in verse 17, those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other hand holding a weapon. As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his, at his side as he built, while the trumpeter stood near me. I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. So why was the trumpet there? You know, hey, it's not like, you know, when somebody's doing construction work, you have a band marching around inside the building, right? Uh, no, but what happened in Jericho? Do you guys remember? Do you remember what happened in Jericho when they built the wall and then the wall came coming down because of the trumpets that were sounded? Do you guys remember that, right? Okay, so here, here's the thing. You know, worship, the word, and warfare all go together. And, uh, you know, and that was just, that just literally came to me. So that was God, obviously. Um, so, and we need, so we need to, we need to, we need to be encouraged by that. So, uh, so, okay. So enough with the, the word of God, not that we want to say enough with God's word, but you know what I'm saying? Let's look at this article over on, uh, Liberty Council's website. It says here, abortion increases mental problems and mortality rates. Coming out of Orlando, Florida, it says here, uh, research has now confirmed that women who have abortions have an increased risk of psychological issues and even violent death, which is really sad. It says here, a study published in the British Journal of Psychiatry uh, shows that women who have had an abortion face an increased risk for mental health problems, including substance abuse, anxiety, and depression. Researchers analyzed data on 877,000 women, including 164,000 who had an abortion. So that is like no small sample size, guys. This is a huge, big, massive sample size. They found that women who had an abortion experienced an 81% increased risk for mental problems. These women were 34% more likely to develop an anxiety disorder, 37% more likely to experience depression, and 110% more likely to abuse alcohol. 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 Anyway, 155% more likely to commit suicide, and 220% more likely to use marijuana. So why are the uh, the pro-choicers or the pro-deathers, how come they never talk about this? I mean, think about it. 110% more likely to use alcohol and 155% more likely to commit suicide. If it was just a blob of tissue, if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't really a baby, why would it matter so much? Why would so many women want to kill themselves if it wasn't really a, a, their baby? And then it says here, every year, approximately 42 million women worldwide end their pregnancies by abortion. Nearly 68,000 women die from abortions each year, making it one of the leading causes of maternal mortality. Did you see, did you hear that? 68,000 women die from abortion every year. And that doesn't include their baby. I mean, their babies are, are murdered. Another study which analyzed the deaths of 620,000 women ages 15 to 49 actually found that women who chose abortion had a six times higher suicide rate, four times higher accident rate, and ten times higher homicide rate than women who chose to deliver their babies. 
So there's even a correlation with women who have abortion who actually go out and want to kill other people. That's scary. In 2014, 652,639 intentional abortions were reported to the CDC from 49 reporting areas. That means the abortion rate for 2014 was 12.1 abortions per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44 years. And the abortion ratio was 160, 186 abortions per 1,000 live births. That's, that is so sad. Abort, abortion not only kills innocent children, but it leaves emotional scars on mothers, which increases their risk of mental health problems and even death said Matt Staver, uh, Matt Staver, uh, founder and chairman of Liberty Council, who actually I've met before. He's a nice guy. His wife is Anita. Uh, we cannot escape the consequences of this human genocide. We must stop the slaughter and repent of this terrible sin. When a woman kills the child she is entrusted to protect, a part of her dies with her child. However, there is hope in Jesus Christ who can forgive and heal but as a society, we must stop the killing. Right? And I guarantee you, if you actually ever talk to a woman who's had an abortion, if they're honest, they will tell you the trauma that it has, uh, has incurred in their life. I literally have only met one woman who claimed that her abortions never impacted her. And she was one of the most angry people I ever met on the planet. And I think she was in denial. So, there you have it. What do you think, Bareface? Well, I have to wonder if it, uh, you know, it's a consequence of or, you know, sort of like a comorbid thing. Those who are more likely to use alcohol, you know, abuse drugs or homicidal who are depressed, whatever, are those who are more likely to, you know, have an abortion. Uh, that's... You know, that's what I'm curious about. Uh, in any case, you know, that's, again, like you say, no small study here. Yeah, it's like a vicious circle, I think. Yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah, so Jakey Jake says, my friend had an abortion. She really, really mentally flipped. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's other things here. I'm not sure, but anyway. Anyway, yeah, so so it's very interesting. So another uh, article, actually, let's do the prayer in a balloon story. You guys want to hear some good news? This was a super cool story. Uh, the, there is a video on this, Randall, but the problem is that the video has no audio, and so it's kind of a really kind of pointless to play it because there's no audio. Okay, uh, so we won't. But you can just put up the story if you want. Yeah. So this, this story is kind of cool. I, I love stories like this because it gives me hope. That there are still people in the world who actually read notes that are put in bottles that you throw in the ocean. And even though some liberals would be like, I can't believe that you're, you know, throwing a bottle in the ocean. Don't you know that the fish is going to get caught in that and it's going to die and blah, 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 blah. But there are some people who put little notes inside mylar balloons and other little balloons, and then they, they, they release them. A lot of times people and do this. And pollute the environment. Yeah. Well, a lot of people do this, though, when, you know, when you know, they, they're trying to let something go or whatever. So uh, on the website, myhighplains.com, which is in Texas, I believe, uh, the title of the article is Prayer in Balloon Answered. Now, check this out. It says, okay, maybe it's Georgia. Okay, anyway, it says here, a Georgia teen's prayers were answered recently when she sent up balloons asking for help buying supplies for college. Incoming college freshman... Mykia Curry says, my family has really been going through a lot lately because my mom is a single parent and she's also disabled and it's kind of been a struggle just trying to get everything I need. Uh, Curry needed some dorm supplies before starting as a freshman at Albany State this fall. So she's going to New York apparently. The or Georgia. Uh, or Georgia. What do I know? The Macon teen was unsure about how her family was going to get the money to pay for the items, so she put her worries in the hands of a higher power. She wrote a note to God, attached it to balloons, and sent it up. Uh, Mykia thought nothing would come of the request, but Jerome Jones found the balloons and note while working at a construction site 
and he decided to act. He tracked my Kia down and delivered a mini fridge and a comforter to Curry's home Tuesday morning. Jerome Jones says, said she was like, you really going to bring me a refrigerator? And I said, yes, laughing. And uh, if you watch the video, what's really cool about this is uh, uh, it was a mini fridge, you know, one of those little fridges that you can put, you can put in a dorm room, actually. I don't know if that's what it was for or not, but. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, isn't that nice? See, does that like, like restore your faith in humanity? <laughs> you really shouldn't have faith in humanity. You should only have faith in God, but. Uh, but anyway, that, that story touched my heart because I thought, oh, you know, how cool is it that this girl would go ahead and she would write, you know, a note and ask God to give her whatever it was she needed. And this nice man, you know, in the video, the, the one part where there is audio, it's like this a minute and a half video, but there's no audio until the end. I don't know what happened with their audio, but, but the guy says, yeah, it practically landed in my hands. And when I read it, I was like, oh, I could do something about this. And he actually went to her house and uh, delivered this fridge and whatever else it was that he brought. Isn't that a cool story? It is. I think it is. I really do. You know what else I think is cool is the stories that you can read in this book here. Uh, in the Come and See Bible Study series from Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. How'd you guys like that segue? Wasn't it great? <laughs> uh, this book here, Messiah, Yeshua, Divine Redeemer, uh, Christology from a Messianic Jewish perspective or Christology. Christology. Uh, Christology. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with my language today. Anyway, you guys could go over to Ariel.org and save 20% on this book when you use the coupon code Bible News. Yeah, you can. And, and actually, I would. Like, I'd love to know if you get it. You know, tell me if you get this book. Because, you know, what's really cool about this this volume in particular is that it goes through the doctrine of the Messiah. It talks about the different beliefs of the, of the, of the time right here. It also talks about the Messiah and the Hebrew scriptures. That's also known as the Old Testament, in case you didn't know. It talks about the law. The prophets, you know, where the Messiah is mentioned uh, all throughout Isaiah, Zechariah, the Psalms, the writings. Uh, it talks about the names and titles of the Messiah, which is super cool. So you can learn about uh, Yeshua, uh, Christ, uh, Logos, or Logos, rather, begotten, the only begotten, the first begotten, Kurios, which means Lord, or Theos, which means God, Elohim, which means God, or Yahweh which is spelled Y-H-B-H. Then there's other titles like um, Lamb of God, Mediator, Intercessor, Advocate, and Savior. And then he also talks about the preexistence of the Messiah, which is so, which is so cool. When you look at um, how the Lord showed up in the Old Testament, to me, that's one of the coolest things because there's so many cool, cool stories there. And he talks about the sonship of the Messiah. So you ever heard, you know, the son of David, the son of Adam, the son of God, the son of man, the son of Mary, the son of Joseph. Uh, all of that is listed in here. And Arnold goes through all of that. And he talks about all this. Then he talks about the incarnation, uh, you know, how he was born, the humanity of Christ, the Messiah. Talks, he goes in depth about that and the deity of the Messiah. And this is so important especially the deity of the Messiah. If you don't believe Jesus is God, then I don't know why you follow him. <laughs> because he is God, but this, this will give you a really great solid grasp on the attributes of him as God. Like, for example, uh, the attributes of his deity, the, his eternality or immutab immutability, self-existence. The fullness of the Godhead, holiness, sovereignty, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, etc. So this is a very, very good book, very deeply uh, theological, but it's written in easy to understand language. And that's what I want you to understand. So if you want to get a great, good Bible study, this you can use this for your devotional time. I would highly recommend this book. I actually recommend all of his books, but... Personally, this is my favorite right now. 
So I, I would really check this out if I yeah, were you. Yeah, 232 pages, only $12 for the paperback when you use the coupon code Bible News, and $7.20 for the electronic versions. So oh, cool. It's available in Mobi and EPUB formats. Yeah, I, I get the paperback just because you can have it right in it, flip through it. That's personally my preference, but you can get that. You can also get The Remnant of Israel. This is another little book, uh, pocket book, and you can save 20% when you use uh, Bible News as your coupon code for that as well. Now, speaking of Bullhorn. You were. Yeah, what's, what's interesting is that you guys can follow us over on Bullhorn. I bring this up because we've been trying to get 200 people to follow us on that app, right? Because they're sponsoring our show. <laughs> I think we have 51 at this point, uh, which is awesome in my opinion. That's totally awesome. But this morning, you know who, uh, who, who showed up on Bullhorn mobile app? Alex Jones did, just so you know. So Alex Jones' show is now being posted over on Bullhorn. Why do you think that is, people? It's because the liberal media is trying to spike Alex Jones everywhere, and they, they have literally taken him off. And Bullhorn, the mobile app, even if they don't agree with you or your position, they are still willing to host your show and, uh, and your, your, your point of view because they actually believe in free speech. So I want you to know that uh, you, know, you can still follow us over at Bullhorn. Um, you can go to getbullhorn.com. If you haven't done that yet, go to your, your mobile store and download the app. Follow Bible News Radio. That's me and Bareface, but mostly me. Um, and you can also now follow Alex Jones over there, and you can listen to his show, just so you know. All right? Also, I want to thank uh, everybody who has donated so far to our Prophecy Watchers uh, donations. We have now raised $100. Uh, towards our trip to uh, Oklahoma in a couple of months. And uh, we, we are going to be going there. We're going to cover the event for you. Uh, but we still really need to, to raise, I guess, uh, 1300 bucks now because it's going to cost us that much money to go. Um, so if you want to donate to our, to our fund to uh, go to Oklahoma so that we can bring you the top prophecy experts in the world here on this show, uh, then please go over to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com, and donate through PayPal and say, this is for your trip. Because uh, as soon as I get all that money, you know, saved up, then that's going to be paying off the credit card and, and all that. And I'm estimating it's going to cost us about $1,500 to do that. Uh, and we've had two people donate $50 each towards that. So we have $100 towards that now. Uh, the trip is in October, right after my 50th birthday. Uh, so I, you know, I really want to, want to just encourage you to do that. In fact, I want to read you, um, an email that I got. I got to make sure I can though, cause I, I got this email right before my show because one of the people that donated to it, he knows me, he's been doing this for a long time. Talking about censorship. I wrote about this in my, in my, um, uh, email today. And if you didn't get my email, you should sign up for it. Uh, he actually, uh, I won't say who it is. I'll just read what he wrote me. He wrote, he, he wrote, uh, I will say he is a lawyer by trade though. I will say that he wrote this. I made the following post on my legal Facebook page and wanted it to be read by more than the usual smattering Facebook does. So I decided to throw a hundred bucks their way to promote the post. So this is a friend of mine who is a lawyer who gave Facebook 100 bucks to promote a post. He said, I got so much hate responses. Oh my goodness, filthy stuff. Uh, hit those posts. I'd have to let them stand in defense of free speech, but this was abusive filth. Apparently, my article so incensed some of them that they complained to Facebook, and my promoted post suddenly was stopped. The notice I received that on further review, they decided my post was a political ad. All my post said was this. Listen to this, okay? So my friend posted the following, what I'm about to read, paid $100 so that his people and more people could see it on Facebook, 100 bucks, and they deemed what this, what I'm about to share with you, political. He wrote, when judges and law enforcement are subverted to the agenda of evil, the law is merely a tool for those willing to break the law in order to enforce their agenda. 
and then he put a link to his article. So that actually was um, essentially banned from Facebook. After he paid a hundred bucks, I've never boosted a post for a hundred bucks. I can't even imagine how far that would go if I actually had a hundred bucks to put towards boosting our show. I paid one or two dollars to boost our show uh, and gotten some interesting results. <laughs> but uh, then he wrote, tell me Facebook isn't in the pocket of the deep state. One day, Christians will wake up and realize that the battle is not about politics. It isn't about the left and the right. It isn't a war between the Democrats and the Republicans. It's a battle of evil versus good. Right? There you go. So again, this was banned. Uh, I'll read it again. When judges and law enforcement are subverted to the agenda of evil, the law is merely a tool for those willing to break it, break the law, in order to enforce their agenda. That's pretty deep, And actually. that could have come from either side of the aisle. It could have. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he actually said that when people started to read his, his article and all that, that's when he, he did this. And what was his thing about? Uh, I'm a, his article was t- uh, titled, Trump, Deep State, Child Sex, Blackmail, and Treason. So, and I actually haven't read it, but but I know this man very, I don't know him super well, but I know him well enough. Uh, and he's, he's a man who is a lawyer, and he protects children, that's all I'll say. And, uh, and so, and actually, that goes to my, my next story. I don't know if you guys saw this story. Uh, a lot of you probably didn't. I actually found this because my, uh, somebody on Facebook actually uh, mentioned it to me. Uh, and this is what they said. They, uh, they actually um, said, oh, I had no idea. How many of you, just, I know there's like a whole bunch of you here in our chat room. How many of you have heard that Tom Hanks uh, was a pedophile? You know, Tom Hanks, big, you know, of uh, Bosom Buzzy Buddies or whatever that show was that he was on a long time ago. You know, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Apollo 13. Well, this article is very interesting to me. I'm going to read it to you. It's titled, Crying Pedophile is the Oldest Propaganda Trick in the Book. Well, is it? Uh, this was posted August 1st of 2018. So, like, a week ago. And I have to tell you, here's the thing. I have to tell you that I had to Google this because I thought, ooh, I haven't heard about Tom Hanks. Yeah. Some people mention Cosby, that we all know about Bill Cosby. We all know about uh, the guy, Seventh Heaven Father, what's that guy's name, uh, whatever his name is, um, and other people, right? A whole bunch of people in D.C. are all part, part of this, right? We, we know that. But Tom Hanks, hmm, interesting. So I looked up his name to see what the, what the current news on Tom was. Um, and uh, apparently him and Rita, his wife, have been traveling all over the place and doing stuff. So, like nothing has ever, you know, happened. And yet I did find this article. It was interesting. This is on Wired.com. So this is a, not a political website I found this on. This is actually on a technology website. And this is what it says here. Almost a year ago, a woman accused Tom Hanks of sexually abusing her as a child and began posting reconstructed memories on Twitter. The accounts are disturbing and specific, but incomplete and unproven, something Hank's accuser attributes to the trauma-based mind control she believes herself a victim of, even though, or perhaps because her claims remain unverified, uh, the pedophilia allegations were quickly embraced by a group known for up-leveling whisperings of child abuse into full-blown scandal, devotees of the QAnon conspiracy. Believers in the QAnon conspiracy told, or rather hold, that President Trump is a brilliant four-dimensional chess player using the Mueller investigation as a smokescreen to root out the murderous, satanic, pedophilic deep state. It's a Trump-era catch-all conspiracy, Pizzagate plus Seth, Seth Rich plus the Illuminati, Hanks is the QAnon conspiracy's perfect target, 
a Hollywood A-lister who donates to Democrats and has been shielded from moral censure by monogamy and his uh, preternal, naturally wholesome dad routine until now. I'm sure I said that wrong, but whatever. Anyway, and QAnon has done what they do best. Trumpet the unconfirmed revelation until suddenly, in the eyes of internet search algorithms at least, Tom Hanks, America's uncomplicated, unproblematic favorite, is a pedophile. Cooler heads will remember that Hanks is innocent until proven guilty, and there is scant proof to work with here. Yet somewhere, a conspiracy theorist is very pleased that you're suddenly automatically feeling a little bit suspicious. All the debunkings in the world won't extinguish that initial spark of suspicion, and then that's exactly the point. Hanks is only the most recent protagonist in a spate, or spat, spate, spate. of high-profile pedophilia accusations levied by far-right commentators. Many, like Guardians of the Galaxy director James Guns, have been championed by the same citizen sleuths who powered Pizzagate, the unfounded theory that Clinton linked DC elites ran a child sex trafficking ring out of pizzeria, out of a pizzeria. But while crying pedophile is a trollish smear many now associate with the digital wing of the American extreme right, the tactic isn't native to a particular ideology and long, long uh, predates the internet. I just have to say one other thing here. It's interesting to me that this is this you know, that this happens. But the other thing that's completely interesting to me is that whenever you bring up a pedophile in the homosexual community, like the guy that headed up HRC, Terry Bean, a.k.a. Terrence Bean, uh, who is a known predator of younger men, all of a sudden, you know, the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest homosexual lobbying group, at least in America, if not the world, uh, that story was completely spiked. Completely spiked. And you guys could go look it up. Very few people actually covered it, even on the right. Um, and yet, you know, this type of story is brought up. So it's just, a, it, it's just again, it's interesting. It's not a conspiracy. It's and by spiked, do you mean buried? Yeah, nobody. Not that it peaked and had yeah. a great response or... I remember talking to Billy Hollowell at NRB. Now, Billy Hollowell, you guys probably know, he's a millennial uh, writer. He's in his 30s. He was writing for TheBlaze.com at that point. That's how he, be he came to fame. Glenn Beck, you know, put him on staff, and he became pretty famous as a result. Or not super famous, but, you know, well-known. Well and um, I actually went to him. I said, Billy, how come, you know, how come you never covered this story over here about Terry Bean, the guy at the HRC who's a, a known you know, predator of young men. I don't know. I didn't know about it. I said, well, now you do. You're going to write about it? I mean, come on. You got to write about it. He never wrote about it, even though he told me he was going to. Um, but anyway, so it says here, alleging that your enemy preys upon children is an ancient propaganda tool that's been used by everyone from medieval Catholics to the Soviet Union. It's a powerful indictment because it trades on fundamental human fears. It's designed to otherize the opposition, and sabotage any sympathy you might have for them. It's a ubiqu ubiquitous tactic because it works. Why does it work? Huh? Why does it work? You know why? I'll tell you why. It works because innately most normal people want to protect children. And for the people who are like, ah, who really gives a, you know, a, a, a rip? <laughs> I was going to say the other word, but Anyway, I didn't, um, you know, for those people, you know, then that, that kind of makes you wonder, right? Anyway, it, it's, it's easy to piece together how this strategy emerged. Someone figured out which crime their society viewed as most morally reprehensible and went with that. The unforgivable act that almost always involves kids. Children represent the most sacred ideals any society can have, says Margaret Peacock, a historian at the University of Alabama who has written about the role children play in propaganda. They represent the future. Because humans are biologically wired to protect their offspring, painting your enemy as a defiler of innocence and a threat to the next generation instantly dehumanizes them. And because many societies see pedophiles as not just monstrous but irredeemably so, 
This charge provides endless opportunities to justify mistreating the group accused of it. Establishing your opposition as a subhuman beast has been justification for the harshest forms of retaliation. Throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, European Jews were accused of kidnapping Christian children to use their blood in religious rituals. Also, throughout the 19th and mid-20th centuries, which you and me have lived in, by the way, uh, European Jews were the victims of uh, pogroms and the Holocaust, where false pedophilia charges go, genocide, and repression follow. A related strategy, far-right commentators such as Ann Coulter have accused refugees of preying upon children as a way to justify not aiding these groups as they flee deadly oppressive situations. It's probably true. Anne's kind of been a, uh, she is kind of a, a firebrand, actually. I actually don't really care for her, to be honest. But anyway, barely a decade later, the threat of child predation helped rationalize the Cold War on both sides. The Soviet Union condemned capitalism by suggesting that the U.S. was so reluctant to use social services that its children were for forced into lives of crime and prostitution. Over in the U.S., communism was the real thief of childhood, transforming children into brainwashed robots capable of turning their own parents over to the state for crimes such as hoarding grain. Now, I gotta just say something. <clears throat> I am a child of the 80s, right? I mean, I, w I graduated from high school in 1986, over 30 years ago, right? Gosh, what, like 36 years ago? I don't know, something like that. I remember the Reagan years because Reagan was the president when I was in high school. And I remember the propaganda that we heard from the, the USSR. Uh, you might recall that that used to be what they called the Soviet Union was the USSR. Uh, and, and they were always talking about communism and how the commies were going to come to America and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, and then that big reveal with Reagan and Gorbachev, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. You know, I mean, we all know, know what that was if you're as old as me. But, you know, and so it is interesting because, and I just say this because I remember in high school hearing the propaganda. Of course, at the time I wasn't going, oh my gosh, that's propaganda. <laughs> I was just a baby believer, a Christian for like two or three years. Um, but it's really true. Anyway, it says here, there's likely some truth to the, these tales on either side, which is why propagandists chose them. Keeping the focus on mistreated children keeps people from wondering about whether they're wholly true. The anger stirred by these stories helped keep millions and millions of people on the brink of nuclear destruction because the consequences of allowing the other side to remain unchecked was unthinkable. In the U.S., the marches of the civil rights movement occurred alongside a steady drip of propaganda painting black men as a sexual threat to white women and children, which is absolutely evil and frankly ridiculous in my opinion. Um, anyway, it was a tool for the othering of the black man, excusing brutal suppression and surveillance. Peacock says it's arguably helped lead to the rise of the police state they've come to live in today. For the same reason, attempts to criminalize homosexuality or block marriage equality have also come along with accusations of pedophilia. Mm. Except, except for, in this case, it's actually true. Proving these suspicions would require elevated levels of domestic surveillance, unwarranted searches, wiretaps, but stoking fears to produce hate as a way of prop promoting or prompting rather people to let civil rights slide. What you're reading here is this is actually a guy or a woman, I don't know, I forgot, who is who is left-leaning in this comment here. And this is actually somebody who will not look at the evidence that homosexuals do prey on children more than a higher percentage of heterosexuals that prey on children. And I know the gay community hates that, but it's an actual fact. And the gay community, the gay activists will say, oh, well, actually, there's more heterosexual pedophiles than there are gay pedophiles. But when you look at the percentages, and you know that 1% to 3% of the population identifies as homosexual, then you look at the percentage of that, and you see the recruitment from with the older men recruiting the younger men into that behavior, 
the numbers are way higher than heterosexuals. Either Disproportionate. Way, either way, it's it's de- it's deviant. Either way, it's wrong. But the author identifies themselves as Emma, so that could mean anything today. Okay. Anyway, then it says here. Fortunately, those efforts didn't pan out. But accusations don't fade easily. Jews are still charged with mixing children's blood into matzos. Brainwashed Russian children are still a common trope in U.S. cinema. Uh, stories of predatory black men resurface every time a police officer shoots an unarmed civilian. The myth of the LGBTQ child predator lurks behind every bathroom bill. It's not a myth. That is not a myth right there. That is, see, okay, Wired Magazine, you're liberal. We know it. But anyway. In part, the digital far-right's pedophilia obsession is a way of justifying unsavory sleuthing techniques. Everyone lives within the social media panopticon. Yeah, what he said. But doxing and harassment are generally frowned upon. That is, until teams of citizen journalists start finding secrets in those years-old tweets when the ends expose anathema. That means don't matter anymore. And if your audience is looking for an excuse to cement vague feelings of dislike and mistrust, they will readily believe whatever dark deeds can be found in that Instagram photo taken 102 weeks ago. Oh, okay. I may as well finish reading it because it's almost over. But also, QAnon believers are holding up the allegedly pedophilic other to justify their own existence. The digital far right has serious PR problems. After directing harassment campaigns against the teenage survivors of the Parkland shooting, it's hard to argue their concerns are high-minded. With President Trump in office, they're not underdogs anymore. Remember, the Pizzagate conspiracy sparked into existence just a month after Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters a basket of deplorables. Pizzagate was formed in direct conversation with Clinton. We may be deplorables, but we're not pedophiles. You are. And if we post enough, tweet enough, make enough YouTube videos making the same claim, such algorithms will link your name to pedophilia forever. And that's what happened to Tom Hanks. As these fringe movements find sympathy harder to come by, they'll play the pedophile card even more frequently, smearing public embodiments of the system that rejects them. Journalists, Hollywood, Trump-opposing politicians like Senator John McCain is one of the only moves they have left. Too bad it's an effective one. So, there you go. And that's on Wired Magazine's website. Because, ultimately, he was talking about how it's promoted through the internet. you have any thoughts on that? Um, certainly, certainly is biased. I mean, there's some truth to it and there's some, you know, untruth to it. And it's kind of ironic to me that it talks about, you know, people find out something, you know, the, the, these, uh, allegations just have a little truth to them and they keep people so occupied, people don't take the time to find out if they're wholly true. And yet this... This article contains allegations that are somewhat true, but hopefully people will do some research to find out whether or not they're wholly true, which they aren't, uh, many of them. So, again, um, time will tell, you know, what, what's what, and, yeah. Well, see, what the, what the, in my opinion, I know we're over time a little here, but I just gotta say this. In my opinion, and that's really all this show is, if you think about it, (laughs) Um, what the deep state wants is they want everybody to post pictures of puppy dogs and kittens while they brainwash you through the liberal media and try to get you to believe whatever they want. So it's acceptable to post pictures of puppy dogs and kittens. You won't get spiked or anything. But if you actually have an opinion that's contrary to what they want you to have and you actually still think for yourself, then then they're not going to like you. So I just have to say that, you know, it's up to you. Are you going to post puppy dogs and kittens, especially when they're playing together and they're getting along, proving that the animal kingdom can get along? Or are you going to post Bible verses and, and pro-Trump comments? <laughs> 
<laughs> you're going to mention the name of Christ, you know, or, or, you know, the truth about homosexuality, or let's say this, the truth about sin, or the truth about the Bible in general. I mean, what are you going to do? My question of the day on my, on my personal Facebook page, some of you actually answered this, and my question of the day is, will you stand up for what you believe, even if it meant you'd go to jail? I was secretly hoping every single one of my friends would say yes. But you know what? A whole bunch of them didn't. And what that tells me right there is, is that there's some fear. There's fear. And as Christians, you know, we're supposed to fear not. And I would be the first person to say, I don't have that down yet. Just so you know, I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody by any means because... We all fear different things. I don't like long car trips, okay? Just saying. I really don't. But I'm willing to drive, drive to Oklahoma to work and do a show, you know? Anyway, one, one last thing I wanted to tell you. I found this article today titled, Stolen Personal Data Tops Consumer Worries. And it says here, listen to this. I'm bringing this up. American consumers worry more about their personal data being stolen than their wallet. This was according to a new data from cybersecurity and application delivery solutions provider Radware, which reported that 55% of consumers said data theft ranks above the theft of their wallet, which is 23%, their car, 10%, their cell phone, 6%, and house keys, another 6%. Retailers need to take consumers' fear of data theft seriously, especially since cyber attacks significantly significantly impact consumer loyalty and a company's brand reputation. Less than one in four, 23% of Americans said they would continue to do business with a, ba with a brand after a breach. Meanwhile, 10% said they would no longer do business with that organization. And the majority, 68%, said they would need to be convinced that the business fixed the security issue uh, before returning. So that's all I want to say about that. And just remember to, uh, you know, just share with you that one way that you can protect yourself, because this is important, is by getting ID Shield. Um, and I will just read what I wrote. I wrote this. It's a no-brainer to protect yourself and monitor all of your valuable personal info for only $9.95 a month. That's right. And in fact, with ID Shield, we monitor your monthly credit score, which personally I actually like to see. Because, you know, I pull up my app and there it is. I'm like, oh, it's still the same. I know nobody's hacked me. Social media platforms. Up to 10 email addresses. Your social security number. Up to 10 telephone numbers. 10 credit cards. Uh, uh, 10 bank accounts. Your driver's license, which you only have one of, hopefully. Your passport, which you only have one of. 10 membership store cards. And all of your insurance and medical ID cards. Okay, plus we top it all off with ID Shield Vault, which protects all of your online passwords, and you get member perks to over 400 different places, and they have a $5 million service guarantee. If you become a victim of identity theft, they will spend up to $5 million to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to restore your identity for life. All that for $9.95 for an individual, $24.95 for a family, a mom, a dad, and eight children, up to eight kids, okay? So I just share this because, look, this is a big issue. I keep, I'm going to tell you every day, I want you all to sign up with ID Shield for me. Do it this month and get yourself protected. Worry less, live more, because the best is yet to come, right? And if you're, if you're like me and you're getting, I get alerts every day, just so you know. I've had some of them be social media alerts because of the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting my reputation at risk when I mention God and Satan, just so you know, and lesbian and gay. That all the time, <laughs> I'm getting an alert. Oh my gosh, that's like looking negative on you. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I've had a couple that weren't that. And I've gone, okay, I'll call my investigator. And they've talked to me, told me what to do. Because the deep web, the dark web, they they're, they have your info because of all these breaches. And here's, I will just say this. A lot of people will say, well, just put a credit freeze. You know, just freeze your credit, right? Just do that, and then you, you won't have to worry about any of this. 
The problem is with, with the credit freezes, if you understand what that is, basically what they're saying is just call up Equifax, all these, the, the, the places and just say no more. Don't give my credit out to anybody. The problem is if you're ever in an emergency and you need an extra line of credit or something, if you've done that, not only do you have to call those places up to get it unfrozen, but they pay, you have to pay them to unfreeze it. That's what these other places don't tell you. So I'm not all for that, just so you know. I'm for ID Shield. So sign up with for ID Shield after the show. Go over to my website, stacyharp.wearelegalshield.com, or just call me up or text me or something, and I'll set you up. All right? And don't forget, you can also be a pillar of our community and uh, donate to the show. I appreciate you guys that do that already. And, um, you know, I, I really do. Because you guys, I'm starting to put in every, in once a month in my email, I'm putting up, a, um, I'm putting what we bring in. So you can actually see what we make. Uh, I have nothing to hide uh, and all that. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So tomorrow we'll be back right here on the show. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, you want me to address something on the show, just send me a message on any of the social media platforms and I will do it. So thank you all again, Magnus, Melanie, Diane, Joe, Natasha, Gina, Mia, Advar, and others that are in there with, I don't know if you're a bot or not, but anyway, thank you all for coming in. Y'alls, thank y'alls for coming in. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Okay, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. My husband's like looking at me. There. I'm <laughs>